Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 podcast, where we share the sermon of the week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. Well, uh, a couple months ago, uh, my sister and I hatched a plan uh, for pastoral counseling here at the church, and uh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful partnership. It's 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 going uh, swimmingly, as they say. And uh, she is a, a wonderful minister of the gospel. She's been trained in all sorts of pastoral counseling. And if you find yourself stuck in a rut or needing some pastoral wisdom, uh, she's a wonderful. Uh, point of information, and you can find all about that afterwards if you want to come and chat with her. She's a, a wonderful person, and uh, I'm happy to say she's my older sister, and uh, it's, it's a pleasure to have her here today. I've asked her because uh, she's been here ministering Fridays and Saturdays the last of the month, and I said, well, would you share the word on Sunday morning? And she said, I'd love to. So if you would please welcome my sister, Kirsten Patton Gale, to the platform this morning as she brings the word. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Yeah, I love you too. Thanks. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Woo! It is so good to be with you guys. Um, so uh, I'm just going to tell you a story. Like we're all a work in progress, right? Um, we're all on this road of transformation. These guys that got back from Encounter, it's like it's a mountaintop. Um, and then we hit a valley, and that's why we're in the family. Um, and so I had a valley last night, brief. But I'm going to share it with you so you understand how I want to introduce today. I'm going to bring the word. But last night, the enemy tried to hijack me. I'm in the guest room at Eric and Cheryl's, and I'm looking at my notes, and, and I have them. I'll pull them out here in a minute. Um, all of a sudden, I felt like Holy Spirit said to me, you're trying to sound like Eric. Now... Now, what you need to know is we're both firstborns, right? You got a firstborn girl and you got a firstborn boy. Both carry some of the firstborn um, design, you know? And so there's fireworks and, you know, I won't tell you all the stories because then, you know, I'd have to repent. Um, uh, But... Um, so I went to bed frustrated, but what I did do before I closed my eyes was I'm like, Jesus, uh, you have made me to help people connect with you. It's what I'm wired to do, you guys. I finally know I don't try to go do something that somebody else looks really good doing. Um, so I know that's my heart, and I know that's what I was designed for. So as I closed my eyes, I said to this, Holy Spirit, my spirit does not sleep. So, while I'm sleeping, would you talk with it (laughs) and tell me what I'm supposed to do tomorrow? Um, Because the reality is, um, we try to look for love, um, and Eric looked really good, the way he he rolled and and stuff, and so I want you to know, he didn't do anything wrong. I sold my birthright and tried to be like him. That's one of my old holes. It's a rut that runs alongside the journey I've taken with Jesus. And if I try to be like him, I'm not being me because he's already taken. Right? So good thing I'm not, okay? Um, And so as I come to you today, I'm going to do me. And it's a little different, probably for some of you, because Eric's right. Good teaching will not change you. Right? An encounter with Jesus will change you. 
Um, and so Eric, what I love is, I wasn't sure what I was going to preach on today, and then Eric preached last Sunday on Encounter. And he talked a lot about the power encounter. And I loved the exchange he told you as he told you every story where somebody encountered Jesus, what Jesus took care of and what they got back in return, right? I mean, that was a little bit of what we talked about. He talked about last Sunday. So I kind of want to float on um, Eric's message and have it be a bridge. You'll see what I mean in a minute. Um, But let me tell you, when Eric read the lyrics to you, looking for love in all the wrong places, Um, I knew what I was supposed to talk about because here's the next line. Uh, I think he sang some of it for you, I believe, but um, I'm not going to do that. Um, But it's uh, looking for love in all the wrong places. Here's my line. Looking for love in too many faces. Searching for eyes. Hoping to find a friend and a lover. Do you know how true that really is? So yes, we can have an encounter, and these guys had a power encounter this weekend, and I'm going to talk to you about a love encounter. They're both needed. One is not better than the other, okay? Some of us need a power encounter, but I'm going to tell you this morning, when I was standing over here, Shad was holding Jubilee in a car seat, and Jubilee heard Cheryl's voice, and she lit up. Now, keep that in mind. That's love. That's attachment love. My story involves Lutheranism, right? I love it. It gave me a foundation. But I didn't fall in love with Jesus, and I didn't get changed. Um, I was taught truth. Now, follow this formula, because it's going to end in transformation. And it's, I just want you to hear it, because I'm going to speak against this trend, this schedule. And Eric and I read the same book and I, it's not that truth isn't important. I'm not saying I don't want to teach you truth. But if I teach you truth and you attempt to use your own will, right, because we have a will, to a cooperate with the truth I've heard and then I trust that Holy Spirit's going to land on it and empower me to walk and obey like I should, to get transformed It works for some people. What it did for me was it made me a performer, a perfectionist, and overly responsible. Right? It didn't transform me. Now, all those things are important, and they will do some form of transforming, but here's the greater work. In college, I met some Christians that were not like no other Christians I'd ever met. They were surrendered. They didn't try to prove something, that they were something bigger than Jesus. They were sacrificial. They were authentic. And do you know what happened? When I would show up at church, they were happy to see me. Remember in June when I talked about um, belonging before you believe? Some of you were here, right? Then in July, you guys had the Connection Code people come, the Hills. And they showed you that video of Dr. Shore, his research, Right? that the baby and the mom were, were connecting in love through eye contact. Now, Dr. Shore was um, 20 years ago, and I'm going to tell you, so what we're going to do this morning is I'm going to invite a different formula for transformation. I'm going to explain some neuroscience that has come about in the last 20 years, and I'm going to lay the word of God over it because God knows how our brain works. And neuroscience is simply proving him right. 
and I want to introduce to you something that God created your brain to do, and that was to seek his face. Not his hands, and not just to be in the room with him. This liquid love that Mitch talked about, I love it, because you know what he said, joy unspeakable and full of glory. We need to have joy, and then we need to have love. And those are what connect us to one another. So when I found these new believers, they were happy to see me, they locked eyes with me, and you know what they did? Even when I was in pain or I was mad, they were joyful and they wanted to be with me. They wanted to be with me no matter what I was feeling. So I was attached to these people. And do you know what happens when you get attached to somebody? You want to be like them. There's this group identity that the body of Christ is supposed to have. And we should be able to tell each other, hey, you know what, I love you. And I know you're having a bad day. I'm not going anywhere. But we don't act like this, right? And that's just not, that's not a rebuke. That's a love, a love challenge where I'm locking eyes with you. But God wants to do that with us. So this morning, we're gonna have a love encounter and that's why I'm teaching first and then we're gonna go into worship because I want you to respond to the lover of your soul when we get done. That's how we're gonna land the plane this morning. And it'll land, I would imagine. Um, so, neuroscience, there's um, Dr. Shore, back to July when the hills were here. They showed you the video. That man was Dr. Shore 20 years ago out of UCLA. He's not a believer. They call him the Einstein of psychiatry. You know why? Because they discovered something about how God wired our brain and that we need to be attached to one another in love and it happens through eye contact. So that's why that video was so powerful. Now neuroscience, so there's another guy that I wanna, I wanna mention, his name is Dr. Jim Wilder, and I'm, I don't wanna throw around big words because they often don't mean anything, but he calls himself a neurotheologian. Now, I think the first time Eric and I talked, I've talked to other people, like, there's no such thing. I'm like, well, actually there is, because there isn't until somebody becomes one. Um, <clears throat> he's got his doctorate of divinity, and he has his doctorate of psychiatry, right? So what he did with Dr. Shore's video that you all saw in July, was he said, if this is true, I want to know where it is in scripture. And that's a good word. That's, I want to know if this is true, this attachment thing. So Dr. Wilder started to do this thing and discovered that our brains desire joy more than they desire anything else. And attachment is the way to get it. Our eyes are wired to scan looking for people who are happy to be with us. Oh, looking for faces, right? So whose face are you looking into this morning? Whose face are we looking into for approval, for acceptance, for identity? And so after Hannah and I, because uh, Hannah and I have read a similar book, and after the hills were here, it was a great message and it's powerful truth. But I would not call, when, when Eric and I lock eyes or my husband and I lock eyes, they're not giving me identity. Father God gives me identity. Okay? They're giving me attachment love. And I want to be attached. Right? So, um, so there's a distinction there and I just wanted to make it. So Wilder's been doing research on our brain for 20 years. He's got some good books if you want to read more about it. But he met a guy named Dallas Willard who is a famous guy in spiritual formation. And Willard is known, believe it or not, here's another new word, or I'd never heard it. He is, his work in philosophy is related to phenomenology. Now don't let that scare you. It's phenomena right? An ology, the study of 
phenomena. So I can put it in easier words, it's the philosophy of having an encounter instead of just knowing information. So Willard is a, is a doctor and he talks about spiritual formation. So Willard and Wilder are having a conversation on Willard's deathbed. He died in 2013. And Willard says to Wilder, you've got to write a book. This is attachment sort ontology. Now that's just another big word for salvation. The theology of salvation. And it's written, the book's called Renovated, and it was featured in Charisma Magazine. And so I don't know how much this will get into seminaries, but imagine this. Attachment salvation. When I ask Jesus into my heart, I not only have a love encounter of liquid love, but we, I meet him face to face. And he tells me who I am. So I don't try to strive for his approval. I don't try to obey out of my own will. I do it because I love him. This painting my son gave me um, for Mother's Day a few years ago, it's a painting by a friend of mine who's a Messianic Jew. Uh, she lives in Connecticut, um, made Mandy Adendorf, and she has prophetic paintings. This is what I want you to have this morning in worship. I want you to be in his arms, looking in his face. Now, I have a question. So, and they did. So Willard wrote the book, or Wilder wrote the book, but is it really in scripture? Is attachment, is, is it a thing in scripture? So these two got a hold of another guy who was a Hebrew uh, scholar, and they discovered they found it over 348 times in the Bible, attachment is, is spoken of. And so, what I'd like you to take a look at is, uh, if, you, if you give me the next screen, guys, this is the word. So, um, let's, um, no, let me just, uh, yeah, we can read that one. That's, that works for me. Here's the new way. Hebrews talks about a new way to connect with Jesus. You know, prior to Jesus, there were dead animals and blood. And one guy went in on one time a year, with bells on his, his robe, because if he died, they wanted to drag him out. He had a rope on his foot, right? You know that story about how, the Jew, you know, how they used to have to atone. Now, when Jesus comes, the reason this is the new way is because somebody spoke about it this morning. When the, when the temple curtain was ripped, top to bottom, Jesus made a way for me to go into the Holy of Holies. That's the new way, you guys. That's the new way. And that place of holy of holies, I don't want to offend anybody, but this is me being Kirsten. The holy of holies is the wedding bed for me and Jesus. Now that may be offensive to men, and I don't mean to be offensive, but it doesn't get more intimate with Jesus when I'm buck naked and all of my emotion and my heart is wide open and I'm in his arms looking in his face. And we can do that. That's the new way, you guys. So why would we try any other way? So this morning, you're going to have an opportunity to get there, for to be invited in in a new way. And so if we can go to the next screen, please. Here's the word, 348 times. I didn't even know what this word was when I read it. Eric probably does because he, you know, he went to seminary. I didn't. But Hesed, am I saying it right? Yeah. Hesed, the enduring covenant love is what the neuroscience community, it's published in writings, the neuroscience community is calling attachment. 
Hesed is an unchanging love, wrapping it up, wrapping up in itself all the positive attributes of God. Love, covenant faithfulness, mercy, grace, kindness, loyalty, in short, acts of devotion and loving kindness that go beyond the requirements of duty. So Papa, Papa God, has created our brains to be wired for the strongest force known to mankind, attachment love. It glues you together and there's nothing that tears it apart. Ask a mom. <laughs> Come on. Your kid can do all kinds of stuff and you don't stop loving them. And it's because you carry a piece of who God is in you that knows this attachment I was wired for. That's what changes people. So when Josiah was um, starting to drive, um, 16 or so, um, I realized, uh, we'd heard Josh McDowell say something. It was this, rules without relationship lead to rebellion. Let me say it again. Rules without relationship will lead to rebellion. I didn't want to raise my kid that way. I didn't want to tell him you're going to do this just because I told you to. Although, actually, that was said. I love my mom. But you know what? Here's the thing. Your mom says that to you, and then you, when you're in your 20s, say, I'll never say that. And then it comes out of your mouth. So I'm owning my crap. Um, but you want to say it, right? But, um, but I will tell you, uh, Danny Silk, Keeping Her Love On is a great book. I know you guys are into that book right now. Um, this is what I said to Josiah. Vince and I both agreed to this. When you go out tonight, Josiah, guard my heart. Guard my relationship with you. That'll keep him honest more than being by, don't. So one time he snuck out of the house did some things he shouldn't have done. I didn't know it. I homeschool. He comes down for breakfast, and I can tell something's up. The attachment isn't there. He's not looking at me in the eyes. <laughs> so, so I'm trying to be cool like Sherry Silk. So I think to myself, I'm not going to call him on it. I, I'm just going to be cool, and I'm going to pray Holy Spirit gets him. No better convictor than Holy Spirit. So I'm like, Holy Spirit, something's up. I don't know what it is, just get him. So he comes back in the living room because he's got a schoolroom. He's been at work a couple, maybe 45 minutes, and he says to me, Mom, I gotta tell you something. And I don't do a cartwheel because that would have been fun. But um, I'm like, oh, really? Okay. So I snuck out of the house last night. Somebody texted me. I had my phone in my room. I went up to another building. We lived on 600 acres. He told me what he did, and I'm like, wow. Yeah, that sounds like it wasn't so good. And then Holy Spirit took control of my mouth and I said, so you think, you need, so does it feel like you need to ask forgiveness? Because that's all it takes to get freed and cleaned up. So he said, yeah, mom, please forgive me for sneaking out. And I said, so let me pray for you and then tell me what's a, an idea you might have that we could maybe do to prevent this happening again? And he goes, I think I should leave my phone on the counter in the kitchen. I go, that's a really good idea. I made him a part of the solution. I didn't tell him what to do. Now, the reason I tell you that, and I'm sorry, it was a little bit of a longer story, but that's attachment love. You guys, we got to get this with one another, but more, first and foremost, we need to get it with Papa. You can't give away what you don't got. So, neuroscience, it's powerful, and we're just going to go now to, oh, well, Western 
Christianity, right, has taught us a long time that we need to change by what we believe and then choose it right. We already talked about that. But neuroscientists discovered that attachment to God would functionally replace our will as the mechanism for salvation and transformation. So that's where this introduction to a new theology is starting to be invited into the church. Hey, how about we not just do discipleship where we make people memorize stuff, we have them tell us how they're gonna make it happen, and then we hope they change. How about we bring them back to the love of the Father? You guys, when I was here in June, this wasn't me, this was Holy Spirit, we did a Father blessing. Ministry went for 45 minutes. Because we needed to lock eyes with a dad. Right? And, to, and hear that we were loved. So this morning, in a minute in worship, you're going to be able to do that with Father. So in Scripture, let's find a place in Scripture now where we're invited to seek his face. Because when I first read this, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. No, we're not supposed to see his face. Right? I think there's a Scripture in Exodus, right? Where Moses asked to see. He doesn't ask to see his face. He asked to see his glory. If we look at the original language. So if I could have the next slide... In numbers, um, this is what, what we want to read. I want to read to you today. Listen to this invitation. You know it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you. Hmm. And be gracious. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you peace. So God's face is in the Old Testament and we're supposed to seek it. Because Moses sought his face as one man does with another. Now, when I read this, I was like, okay, so Willard and Wilder, the two guys, began to try to say, where else is God's face in scripture if we're supposed to have hesed with him? Covenant love, enduring glue. So what they discovered is if you go back to the original Hebrew, God's face has been, trans- his face has been translated out of scripture. And I'll prove it in a minute. Let's go to the next slide. So we're going to read this verse. It's Psalm 89, 15. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim, who walk in the light of your presence, Lord. That's NIV. Here's the original Hebrew. They walk in the light of your face. Can I have the next screen? You will make known to me the way of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Psalm 16, 11, NASB. Oh, you know what the original says? That we will walk, we'll know the way of life, abundance of joy with your face. Hmm. Now that doesn't sound so sweet, doesn't roll off the tongue quite so easily, right? But translation of hesed is not a bad thing, except they call it enduring love, they call it his, you know, with his countenance, they call it um, faithful, and I guess what I'm wanting you to say is, if we're discovering this new idea that attachment love happens when we look in the face of another, why would not God have wanted us to look in the face of him? And these passages are just mistranslated. Can I have the next screen? You make me, uh, for you, make him most blessed forever. You make him joyful and the jo- with the joy of your presence. And ASB again. You make him happy with joy with your face. So guys, it's been erased from scripture because it was awkward and we didn't know how to include it. But the neuroscientists are recognizing how God made our brain to work And then they're like, well, if he did, it's got to be somewhere in scripture. Where is it? 
So I wanted you to know these scriptures, and there's a bunch more, but I I just wanted to give you a taste of how sometimes well-meaning people who translate um, don't don't necessarily always get it right. Um, And I will tell you, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday about this, um, and I loved what happened as we were talking, so I'm gonna leave the person anonymous, but it was probably one of the sweetest treasures from yesterday. We were talking about this whole idea of his face versus his countenance, right? Wouldn't you wanna be in his countenance? We do, yes, we do. We wanna enter the throne room, and we wanna experience his presence. So then this person said to me, so what's the difference between eye contact face-to-face with God and just being in his presence? Countenance is a big deal, and it is. So get, I'm not negating anything we've done up to today. I'm simply saying I think there's a new way. It's a love encounter. And when I was talking to this person, I said to her, yeah, I know, like a child can be in the presence of their parent, but when they get eye contact, it's very different. And I locked eyes with her, and we had an intimate connection with our eyes and she goes whoa that's very different because it is and so now just a little side note right that so let me not jump I'm going to go in the weeds too early let me stop okay next screen please (laughs) this is my nerd sorry you guys so here's here's the new testament version right these things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full Now, this joy comes when we have the hesed. When I'm attached to Papa, and I know what his eyes are doing, they're looking at me, and he's like the dad on the front porch waiting for the prodigal, right? Smiling, and he's gonna run, not walk. And so listen to this rendition of this passage with just a little bit of a twist. My father's face lights up when he sees me because I am so special to him. I, Jesus, am telling you this so that you will feel how special you are to the Father and to me. Our faces are shining on you with delight. Guys, those aren't just words. We need to have an encounter with those, and I hope as we enter into worship, you'll allow yourself to consider the Father's face. Now, if that doesn't make you feel this invitation or this pull to connect to Papa face to face, I might, I might I just, this is my weed trip. And I realized with pot, that probably doesn't sound so good to save my trip into the weeds. But anyway, it just drove by. Um, This is just a side note. So like if you have low joy or low attachment, here are some things that will rob you of it. Pseudo joy is what the neurologists call addiction. Pseudo joy. And okay, let's not just be thinking of like drug pe- people that are addicted to drugs and alcohol. Let's talk about women that are addicted to shopping. Or here's one for me. I used to organize my junk drawer just so I'd feel in control. <laughs> Having a bad day, go to your junk drawer. Get everything right where it needs to go and I will feel better. No, that worked for a little bit. Pseudo joy. Unresolved trauma will be, a, will be an attachment robber. Unresolved trauma. So if you've got crap stored in your brain, you know what it's like? It's like a, a mouse trap. I know, because I've had it in mind. And somebody come along and mess with me, boom, the trap goes. So that's why we need to have attachment love with one another, so that when your mouse trap springs, I'm gonna lock eyes with you. And I'm gonna say, it's okay, I love you. I don't know what this is, let's pray. 
Because Jesus wants to go disarm the mousetrap. He wants to rescue you from the trauma. Okay, here's the last one, and I know everybody in the room, including me, will be convicted. Here is the biggest robber of attachment love. Yeah, I hear you. Sure, sure, sure. What, yeah, what happened? Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. No eye contact in that, y'all. And I, I don't want to be in gloom and doom, but I'm going to tell you this. If our kids don't know to have eye contact with us, we've lost them. You guys, you got to sit down at a table and eat dinner. Did you hear what Mr. Hill said? When you stop listening to your kids and stop giving them eye contact, they stop coming to you. I'm just saying what he said. This is neurology at how important your eyes are looking at each other. My mom, so I have a funny story to tell a nephew. I won't tell you which one it is. Christmas is a big deal at our house. We sing carols to bless my mother. It makes us all feel like we're in the Christmas mood. It's usually fun, uh, except Eric usually speeds, Eric's on guitar, and we do it at like, I don't know what time we do it at, but we do it, we sing through them. Here's my, one of my nephews on Christmas Eve day. Here's our lyrics. Here's my, here's my nephew. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Right, dashing through the snow. And then my husband leans over to me in my ear and we're going, dashing through the snow. And then I hear Vince go, texting no one knows. (laughs) Now, he's making me laugh and I laugh in the middle of a song and then my mother does this. Don't mess with the carols. And then suddenly I go, I'm throwing my nephew under the bus. Um, And we have a good laugh and it's a fun memory, right? But be with your family. When you're with your family, be with your family. Don't be on your phone. Okay, so we're not hurting anybody there. Now, we're going to get ready. So if the worship team wants to come up, I've got a few instructions. So don't, don't check me out and watch them get all ready. In summary... If we could go to that slide, because I don't want to waste any more time. In summary, um, I want to do this. The blood of Jesus has already paid for everything you've done. You can go into the throne room today as soon as they strike the first court. He's dedicated this way for you to get to him. And it's not just to be in his presence, it's to see his face. It's your birthright, y'all. Now, as we go into worship, he says to us in Hebrews 5.14, to, to um, mature our senses, S-E, like senses, hear, see, feel, touch, that kind of thing, so we can become the mature man, all right? Now, I'm a special ed teacher by trade, and this is what I will tell you. Um, kids don't learn visually. I, I had them in my room. They learned auditorily. 80% of the population teaches visually. So if you're a learner and you learn auditorily, sucks to be you, and you get to hang out with me. Because I'm gonna teach you how to learn so that you don't miss stuff because you learn differently. Tactily, I gotta feel it. Kinesthetically, I gotta move. So when worship is happening, if you're used to moving, don't move. I think Ryan, who is it, Devante, who gave this testimony from his encounter? Is it, am I saying your name right, is it Devante? Delante, sorry, Delante. Delante said something pretty interesting from the encounter he went on, right? Don't do what you're used to doing. Because you can jump around up here if that's what you feel like God wants to do, but I'm gonna invite you to lay on your face.
or actually stay seated. It's not a sin. Get quiet. Let him talk to you. Because the time we're going to spend with what we have left is just for you to encounter his face. And you know what? You're going to look different than everybody else. And it's okay. So you may hear something, you may see something, you may feel it, or you just may know in your gut. And it all counts. So let me pray for us so I can get, get out of here. Yeah, we can worship. Pray with me. Father God, we, we, we come to you with open hearts. We ask you to posture our hearts, lift our face. Your voice is found in stillness. Help us get alone with you in this worship time. Let us seek your face. Oh, have your way. Transform our hearts. Entwine our hearts, Papa. Come, come, Holy Spirit. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.